We left off with the death of Optimus Prime, and it will please you to know that he stays dead for the remainder of the movie. It certainly pleases me. Meanwhile, out in space, Astrotrain is taking the battle-damaged Decepticons back to Cybertron. We've pondered how he fits all those guys in his cargo area before, but he clearly has his limits. He'd demand that they jettison some weight. And this is where ridiculous science nerds will jump up and down and scream, There's no weight in space! He means mass! Yes, fine, mass. It ruins the entire movie because he said weight instead of mass. Might as well stop watching now. Except this is where the coolest stuff of all happens. We're in a situation where leadership decisions need to be made and Megatron is a bit incapacitated. So guess who steps in and takes charge? Go on, guess. Yay! So yeah, Starscream dumps the damaged Decepticons and Megatron right into space. Screw those guys. And then he declares himself leader, like he does. And for a change, some of the other guys want a piece of the action this time. Wait! The Constructicons form Devastator, the most powerful robot! We should rule! The most powerful? Really? Yeah, no. So a fight breaks out, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Meanwhile, out in space, Megatron and the other broken toys drift closer and closer to that creepy planet thing we saw at the beginning. As he approaches, it addresses him with the powerful voice of the legendary Orson Welles and says, We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire. Alright, no it doesn't. He introduces himself as Unicron, and says that he's worried about the Autobot Matrix of Leadership, that retcon MacGuffin that Prime passed to Ultra Magnus when he croaked. He offers to magically give Megatron and his guys new bodies in return for doing what he'd probably do anyway, kill Autobots. So shockingly, they agree. Megatron has turned into this guy, Galvatron. Now he has the voice of Leonard Nimoy. The other guys, well, there's a lot of debate about who turns into whom. And considering I never really knew the difference between Skywarp and Thundercracker in the first damn place, I'm going to stay out of that. Suffice it to say that the purple guy is called Cyclonus, and despite the presence of two of them here, there's really only one of him. The other dude is called Scourge. And there are a bunch of him. The others are called Sweeps. They're pretty cool too, except they have beards and painted pink fingernails. But other than that, pretty cool. So Galvatron returns to Cybertron to take care of some unfinished business. And the most badass moment in the entire movie happens. No, not that. This. Megatron? Is that you? Here's a hint. Now, Starscream is indeed my favorite Transformer but I understand that we're sweeping away the old toys to make room for the new. And if he did have to die, I cannot think of a better way for it to happen. Megatron's finally had enough of his shit and just blows him the fuck away. And that's the end of Starscream. Except that it isn't. But we'll come back to that in a few weeks. Meanwhile, Unicron eats Cybertron's moons. And Spike says this. Look! It isn't even dented! Oh shit, what are we gonna do now? That's probably what I would have said too. The Decepticons head for Earth, forcing the Autobots to flee in separate shuttles. Daniel, RC, Springer, Blur, Ultra Magnus, and Perceptor in one, Hot Rod, Cup, and the Dinobots in the other. There's a wacky bit of comic relief involved in getting the Dinobots aboard the shuttle, and this out-of-nowhere reference to Of Mice and Men. Tell Grimlock about Petro Rabbits again. I'll give you Petro Rabbits. Some pretty cool chasing through space happens, and Shuttle 2 ends up crashing on a weird-looking twisty planet thing 
while Shuttle 1 has to pull the old separate a tiny part of the ship and detonate the rest trick to escape. And if that doesn't seem like a cliché to you, just wait till Season 3. It will. Hot Rod manages to rescue Cup from a robot octopus, hey, why not, and then promises to put his body back together. Meanwhile, Ultra Magnus and his team crash land on the aptly named Planet of Junk, and Daniel tries on his dad's spare exosuit, which is actually kind of cool. I wish I had one of those. We know they've existed since at least 2005, right? Why can't I have one? Oh, and sinister eyes are watching them. Sinister mustaches, too. Back on the other planet, Hot Rod finishes his repairs on Cup. They head off and almost immediately run into these robot alligator things, and Cup knows exactly what to do. I'll use the universal greeting. Universal greeting? Watch, I'll have an idiot out of my hand. Ba weep grana weep ninny bong. Ba weep grana weep ninny bong. See, the universal greeting works every time. Not without making any sudden moves. Offer them an energy on goodie. This is getting expensive. Don't worry, they'll reciprocate. I thought they were supposed to reciprocate. No more. Empty. Yeah, you know, I've tried this dozens of times since 1986, and it always turns out pretty much like that. Not very universal, this greeting, is it? They're dragged into a big room where these creepy things pass judgment on some other robots. Then they dump him into a tank where he's eaten by robot sharks. I'm sensing a theme developing here. They're thrown in jail and run into this guy whose planet was eaten by Unicron at the very beginning. Man, he just cannot catch a break, can he? He's brought before the creepy five-faced guys, who the movie never tells you but we'll find out later are called Quintessons, and sentenced to death. And that's as good a place as any to stop for now. Join me next week for the stunning conclusion. Soundwave superior, constructor gods inferior. Who are you calling inferior? Nobody would follow an uncharismatic bore like you. Dang, nobody calls Soundwave uncharismatic.